and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Ivy. And this is episode 46. This week we read um, chapters 39 through 51 of Nightfall, right? Yeah, I think sounds, so. That sounds That sounds correct. right. All right. I just want to take this moment to say Nightfall is so long. Nightfall's very long, but actually, as I've been reading it more, I've been appreciating more because I feel like they had a lot of time with the characters that we usually don't get much time with, which was very nice. Oh, yeah, like Morella. Oh, Morella, my babe. So the section starts where... Uh... <laughs> Wait, no, I forgot his name. I, can't, I call Forkle? him Forkman in my head. Yeah, Mr. Forkle. <laughs> How? Okay, Forkle is almost literally in the name Forkman. How do you forget that his name is Forkle if you call him Forkman? You know, don't question my brain. I, okay, I explained this to you like right before we started recording, but I just spent all afternoon dyeing my hair. So I uh, might yes. have inhaled some toxic fumes, and that's why, like, my brain's really out of it right now. Oh, those are the toxic fumes, okay. No, I didn't breathe in random toxic fumes. I thought you were talking about, like, outside, because I feel like our home is on fire right now. Not our house, like, our, our general area. <laughs> no, our house is currently on fire. <laughs> it's burning as we record Like Kenrick. Shut up. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Mr. Forkle, um is like, oh, they're going to have to um, restore Sophie's parents' sanity. And Sophie's understandably like, oh, that seems bad. Yeah. Mr. Forkel was saying how they'll send some washers to erase the memories of what happened to Sophie's parents. And I, as well as I think Sophie, thought that that was a little bit sus. To like erase the memories? Yeah, or like the way that they were erasing the memories. It all felt very weird you know because basically they were saying we're going to repair this damage that's been done to them by removing the memories that the negative emotions are associated with and then they will be gone and like okay however you know that i feel like that is kind of um it's on brand yeah kind of consistent with how the elves do things right because that made me think of the caches and how they literally like prevent their minds from breaking by just putting the bad memories somewhere where they don't remember them. That's a really good point. I hope that gets explored later, I guess. Yay. Speaking of Sophie's parents, uh, I was just thinking about how it's kind of like Sophie's insistence to remain connected to the human world in book one, where she wanted them to just erase her parents' memories and not, uh, what were they going to do? They were going to They were going to fake her death, yeah. They were going to fake her- yeah, okay. No, actually, never mind. In that case, I have no point. I thought it was something different. I thought they were going to kill her parents for some reason. Wait, what? Oh, that (laughs) would have been a turn of events. Okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. You know, they were going to make Sophie's parents think that she was dead so that they wouldn't go looking for her. Oh, I see. Once again, very on brand. (laughs) Wait- yeah, oh, I, I realized this was talking about book one and not about Nightfall, but I just made the connection that, like, that's the exact thing that the Never Seen did to the Ruins and the Disneys when they kidnapped uh, Sophie and Dex. Oh, I like that, because it's showing how that way of thinking and that way of living bad. can be helpful, but it also can be very dangerous. Yeah. This is kind of tangential, but I think it would be cool to... Everything on this podcast is tangential. 
That's true. I think it would be cool to, in the future, have some sort of situation where previous knowledge of the elves would actually just fix it, but then they erased that knowledge because it was too painful or involved some sort of war crimes or something, and so so they're not able to fix the thing as easily, and they have to find that knowledge. Oh, yeah. The next thing that I kind of thought was interesting was um, Bianca's kind of testing out her her ability, and Sophie enhances her, and then she figures out that she can banish other people, which I just thought was a cool sort of extension of um, of vanishing. Yes, it's it's very cool. I like it when Bianca does cool things. Yeah, it's true. Honestly, I think I've said this before. Bianca is the one who always expands her powers. She she keeps finding new uses for it, and she keeps strengthening it. And it's just it's very nice to see her progress. Mm-hmm. So then they go find out that the Never Seen set a bunch of sleep plants on fire. Yes. Before that, there's a line I want to point out. Oh, okay. Um, Livy Sondon says. Okay, so they're gonna like go gather ash, um, and it says, and and Livy says, "Let's see if we can figure out why the Never Seen <laughs> have taken up gardening." <laughs> okay, I just one. I don't have anything to say about that line. I just think it's funny. I would say that that line is being extremely hypocritical because in book one, why had Mister Forkle taken up gardening? Huh. <laughs> Wait, do we ever, did he, is it canon that he actually gardened? Like, did he have a garden or did he just have the gnomes? I think he just had garden gnomes, I guess. But with no garden. With no garden. Okay, well, I assumed that when it said garden gnomes, it meant that there were garden gnomes in a garden. But I don't actually have any evidence to back this up. (laughs) So yeah, the Never Seen have taken up gardening. They're planting lots of beautiful flowers in the Forbidden Cities. And then burning them all. (laughs) I admit, I'm a little bit confused, actually. This is probably just me not reading carefully enough, but I'm confused what the ash and the, like, extraordinary efflorescence, I'm I'm just confused what the connection is between all of that and, like, what the timeline was. I think that they're using the ash to make saporidine. But isn't saporidine, doesn't it come from that, um, it's an enzyme from that bacteria, bucal, bucalosia. <gasps> oh, you're right. The so eucalyptus do they bacteria. mix that with the ash? Uh, maybe the ash is just for arts and reasons, you know? Well, wait, wait, wait. No, okay, no, 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 it's it's not just for arts and reasons, but I can't think of what it's actually for. Okay, let's try to, like, get this straight in my head. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you understand it and I just have worms for brains. Uh, no, um, I I don't. Okay, so what we find out in this section, right, is that the never seen set the Everblaze, like, they, they sparked it so that the Gorgodon eggs could live in it, right? The who now? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the Gorgodons. Lady Gisela's, like, animal hybrids. why are the Gorgodons hybrids. important? They're Wait, animal what? hybrids. Oh, right, the Gorgodons were, like, the, the Demogorgons. <laughs> no, not the, the Demogorgons. the dog ones. The Gorgodons. Yeah, they're, yes, they're... <laughs> so the... <laughs> The Gorgodons, um, the Gorgodons were like, I forget the word, but it's like when you warm up an egg. Incubated? incubated. Yeah, yeah, incubated. They they were incubated in the Everblaze, and then once the Everblaze was put out, 
all of the the efflorescence bloomed and then they burned the efflorescence to make the special ash which protects you against something because they um were all wearing it when they went through the nightfall door right oh that's true yeah maybe there's some sort of maybe it protects you from like light poisoning or something well, okay, here's the thing. I feel like this was actually in the book. And and I'm sorry that this episode is just us trying to like figure out what was going on. But um my first thought was that the ash protects you from like fire, like it's a kind of like it insulates you, it stops you from burning, but maybe that's just a I don't know if that's actually supported by canon or if that's just something I made up. That would make sense. I think at this point neither of us know what's going on, so I th- that's as good of an explanation as any. All right, sounds good. All right. I don't know where this is from, but I wrote down, I have a new headcanon, Ace Biana. Oh, great. I, that sounds there's great. A, I'm sure there's a line in there because I remember there being a line, but I don't actually, I didn't write it down. Oh. But yeah. Oh, it was about, never mind, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I support your headcanon. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to talk about. They were walking through the efflorescence. They found a lot of, yeah, this is what you brought up earlier. They found a lot of, like, sleeping plants that the Never Seen have burned. Mm-hmm. So are the sleeping plants involved in making supporting as well? I don't know. And okay. I am okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Morella. Yeah! Morella! I, I love, love her. <laughs> so, yeah, she's a pyrokinetic. Surprise. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. I think the the main thing that I notated, annotated, notated is <laughs> is just how sapphic the thing gets whenever Morella <laughs> enters. It's actually amazing. <laughs> she has such vibes, and then everybody just it creates an environment. I don't know how to describe it. Just yeah, noise. Okay, so then after that they go to infiltrate somewhere well no wait they go to the never seen hideout i think they they go to nightfall they go to nightfall that's right? what i meant they both start with n and it was confusing but yes <laughs> the never you're seen right at nightfall the never seen at nightfall the never seen at nightfall wait that sounds like the title of like a one of the magic tree house books <gasps> ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like never, never seen, seen at, at nightfall. nightfall yeah it's like dinosaurs before dark and all the other mm-hmm. ones i don't remember the titles and the dragons after there was one with dragons dawn dragons at but dragons something. aren't historical no yeah no they were though well it was kind of they went <laughs> they went to japan they went to Edo, and then that was the one where jack had to learn how to use chopsticks that i think about a lot <laughs> um, but anyway, this the is dragon was like the rain dragon, and then the city was in a drought, and they had to get the rain dragon to give them rain. It was great. Because that's what rain dragons do. Obviously. Anyway, we got very off topic. So they're they're at the nightfall door. They coat themselves in ash. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Their setup here is really cool, because Biana is making everybody invisible, right? And then Sophie has connected them all telepathically so that they can talk without anybody hearing them. And that's just a really smart setup, and it makes a lot of sense. And I I liked that. It very much feels like like a squad, right? Like, they all have their their position and, like, 
they all have their own special job that they're doing and it's like on an expedition i'm sorry i can't i can't word today they're going on a trip in their favorite rocket ship thank you this guy <laughs> little einstein well einstein was wrong so i don't know <laughs> my yeah my only note for this section is lol what was the criterion okay so i think the criterion was the stuff from the last book that keith was like, Keith was pointing out certain attributes in humans that would make him, like, want to save them, right? When he was doing that thing with Fintan. And I think those were the criteria. Oh, okay. I don't know if that was ever confirmed, though. That's cool. Do we know what their criteria for? No. Well, okay, so I think you can make some inferences here, right? Because Vespera is... She's been experimenting human. on humans. Yes, experimenting on the humans. And I don't remember or know exactly what the experiments were for, but I'm guessing it was to try to like Oh right, it was to um to see why humans don't break when um they feel guilty, right? So maybe the criterion is this like ideal thing, this ideal attribute that can make your mind the most resilient. Something like that. That would make sense. Although I am a little bit wondering why they haven't figured out as Sophie did immediately that it's humans... because people die all the time yeah like I did that never occur to them or <laughs> maybe it's, maybe they're trying to find like a a way to stop themselves from breaking that doesn't involve like Just killing a bunch of lots I mean, of elves it's... dying or developing healthy coping mechanisms <laughs> it seems like they're trying to make a bunch of elves die I don't know <laughs> although they're mostly just killing other species actually that's kind of questionable well, but okay yeah all right so anyway they enter the nightfall facility using um keith's blood which was kind of i thought that was kind of cool that like they have they now have his blood because of the um the fight with king dimitar i was like oh, oh. my god yeah Keith's idiocy actually had a purpose. <laughs> oh yeah, also Keith just isn't in this section at all. Because he's still recovering from almost dying. <laughs> <laughs> what sound was Hon that? <laughs> it was a laugh. <laughs> Honestly, I like the scene without Keith. Because I feel like he's great, but he does make it a lot less serious whenever he's there. I mean, unless he's, like, being angsty, but when he's his normal jokey self, he makes it less serious. And I think in this scene, it was nice to have the squad kind of walking around and feeling a little more solemn and taking everything in. Yeah. Your reasoning for um, why you're glad Keith wasn't in this section is much more intelligent than mine, but I was more thinking... I'm kind of glad Keith isn't is on bed rest and he's not here, etc. Because I just don't think he'd be able to handle like being in the Nightfall facility, like so close to all this stuff that his mom was very much involved with. Oh, that's a really good point too. And also, this is going into like later, um, but when they go to Coralmere. Like, I don't know. I think there are a lot of parallels between Tam and Lynn's parents and then 
Lord Cassius. So I don't really know how Keith would have reacted to, like, being there. I mean, we could have gotten some cam time. We could have, but we didn't. I also said that Sophie uses her powers in really great ways in this scene. Uh, first with, yeah, with the telepathically connecting everyone thing. And then also, uh, a little bit later, she searches for life by reaching out with her mind. Ooh, um, yeah, that was cool. Which is something that she's done before and that she did in, like, book one and book two. But she kind of stopped doing that. And I like that they brought it back because it was a really great aspect of her powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she can kind of be like a... I was about to say a human tracker, but she's an elf, so like a person tracker. A consciousness detector. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this part w- when right? they were in the Nightfall facility um, and like searching for the Gorgodon because it was like it was really creepy in a way that just felt like it was just very fun to read like when they're just going through like the silent hallways and there's all these claw marks everywhere and they're trying to figure out like that like the Gorgodon could be anywhere and it could like jump out at them I just that was fun yeah it feels like Jurassic Park but like <laughs> you're right but the the section when they're in that room and the kids are hiding behind the table it felt like that wait which which section was that i don't remember that oh oh in jurassic park okay in jurassic that, park yeah that took a second okay yeah got it <laughs> yeah i agree i also really like this part because it felt a lot more focused probably just because it was a progress scene and it was an action scene but it felt like it was contributing to the main plot and to the themes of the series and it also felt like it was building upon things that had happened in previous books all of which just made it very enjoyable oh that's cool because they were all using things that they had used in previous books but now it was a bigger situation and it was a more dangerous situation Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, because I was also thinking, like, because you were talking about how it ties in so much to everything else, and I agree, and I was also thinking, like, this scene where they're looking for the Gorgonon, it's, like, one very specific goal, so it almost felt like a side quest. It just felt like there was something, like, something they were doing with a smaller goal in mind, which I yeah. liked, because it was just smaller and contained, and, you know, like I said before, this book is very long. Yeah, it felt like a checkpoint, almost. No? Okay, never mind. Oh, no, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then they find Olvar. I hate him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why is he here? Yeah. love how whenever Olvar walks into a room or, like, they find his unconscious body, I guess, in this situation, <laughs> everyone's just like, ew. No. I-, I mean, that's the appropriate response. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, and this part made me so confused, I'm gonna admit, because, so Olvar is unconscious, they can't wake him up, like, they bring him to Coral Mare, and Livy tries to, um, tries to wake him up, and she can't, and I was very, very confused, because there's so much emphasis being put on the fact that the way that he can't wake up, like, his, that, that it's like Prentice. Oh, right. I think that that, the point of that was to make it clear that whatever is happening with him is something to do with shadow vapor well okay 
I'm just still really confused about what exactly was wrong with Prentice because I get that because for one they seem to imply that Alina did something to a shadow vapor yet in this section they also say that was impossible so I don't know what's going on there oh and well, then I think two Alina is a shade wait what well I think Alina is a shade oh that would be interesting huh because shades can superimpose their shadows over people and like whisper things into their ears And I think that it is not too much of a stretch to extend that to saying maybe she's figured out how to superimpose her shadow over someone else's and actually kind of sink into their consciousness like Tam does and influence them, kind of whisper at them from inside. See, that makes sense. It's not going to (laughs) happen. The only issue, right, is that now we also know, oh... Well, Prentice was, like, exposed to supporting. So, like, which... What what caused the unconsciousness? I think that the mind break caused initial... No, 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 his mind is healed now. Like, that. that's what? kind of irrelevant now. It is? When did that happen? Wait, no, you're right. His Yeah, he's still kind of, like... I don't he's still not all the way there, right? Anyway, I all, all I'm saying is that I'm just confused as to what exactly the nature of Prentice's unconsciousness is. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think Saporidine was used on Prentice, right? It was, was something it not? else. I feel like it was, but I might also just be misremembering. Okay, you could be right. I I'm not sure. We'll find out soon, I suppose. We'll find out soon. Anything else from this part? From before Coralmare? Before Coralmare, yeah. No. Okay, Coralmare time! Okay, wow, I really, really hate Tamalin's parents. <laughs> That's kind of all I had to say about Coralmare. I just, I hate him. Oh, okay. I mean, Quan, yeah, I wrote, why is Quan like this? <laughs> <laughs> Mood. They tried to give Mai some character complexity, and I think it was actually, it was pretty effective for me. I didn't really feel any sort of sympathy or pity. Well, no, 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 I felt pity. I didn't feel any sympathy for her, but I did feel pity for her. Maybe I'm just cold-hearted that I didn't really feel for her at all. Like, that's honestly fair. Yeah, like, I don't know, I understand how you could, like, empathize with her, etc., because, like, it, it's kind of pathetic, <laughs> like, the, the the way that, um, you know, with all the paint, like, the paintings of, yeah, exactly. of her kids. But also, like, I, I have a hard time seeing her as, like, any sort of victim in this situation. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, I get an emotion from it. <laughs> and it is not hatred. <laughs> No, it is hatred, but it's a different kind of hatred. It is... Huh. It's this feeling of like... Yeah, kind of what you said. It's this feeling of, oh my god, you're pathetic. And mm-hmm. that's different from how I feel about Quan, which is just like, you suck, please go away. <laughs> it makes me feel like there is a story behind my, which I like. Not like any sort of... Okay, this is kind of getting confusing, but like, not any sort of story that we haven't seen, like, we know the story, because it's Tam and Lin's story, obviously. 
but it just makes me feel like she has depth even if that depth is like wow you are terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get what you're saying that makes sense while you were talking i was also thinking like wow in retrospect like if we look back on this episode later wouldn't it be so funny to listen to us talk about this if it turns out that my was glimmer oh my god i mean <laughs> i hope she's not glimmer one oh really yeah one because i feel like there are there are four asian elves in the lost cities and they are all songs and two <laughs> and two because i would i feel like tam's smart i don't know they 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 talk about how he's smart um and i just feel like he would recognize i feel like he would recognize her perhaps also it would be angsty i mean i know that like we come to these books for angst but i feel like it would be unnecessarily angsty and in a way where i'm just like okay give me give me your definition of angsty because i'm a little confused okay angsty in a way like you know how keith keeps betraying them and then rejoining them and then like leaving and then being conflicted about whether to follow his mom and then being conflicted about whether to be with sophie and it works sometimes but it's very tiring Mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about kind of i feel like it would just be too much okay yeah okay i get that i mean personally i wouldn't be against my being glimmer just because i feel like it's a different kind of a different kind of angst than anything we've seen before because okay well because first of all my not my glimmer glimmer is a different kind of character than we've seen before because like she started off in the never seen and then ended up defecting to the black swan which isn't really something that existed before um like a character that existed before so i think that i just feel like automatically that dynamic would be different if they found out that like that was that was my yeah that makes sense yeah. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about was there was this short little section. They were at Coral Mare. Um, oh, it's here where um, Bianca was talking to Tam about the Vacker legacy. That is what I was also going to bring up. Oh, excellent. Great. Same brain. Same worm. Same worm. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting because if you remember way back in Never Seen, wow, that was a long time ago, when Alvar was like, Bianca you're gonna one day realize that like the vacker legacy isn't all that it seems and you're gonna come join our side and i was yeah yeah, and now i was like oh wait yeah bianna is starting to realize like oh you know maybe my ancestors weren't all that great and maybe the vacker legacy isn't something to be super proud of and it's like yeah olvar was right because bianna was the first vacker to kind of like realize that and voice her feelings about it yeah 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 that's so right i I wrote down, Bianca needs to replace Fitz. She has all the brain cells and has such insight into everything. Unlike Fitz, so... no perspective, only anger issues back her. That's so true. <laughs> it's true. It. I mean, I love Fitz to pieces, but when we do, when we have scenes like this where Bianca is just showing such insight and maturity, kind of, and yeah, knowledge of what the factor. themes are and stuff, Fitz feels kind of behind and that makes him and that makes him irrelevant right oh, because look, it's, it's is... because 
It's because Fitz has been the golden boy, and he's gained so much from being a vacker, and so he's not going to immediately see the flaws in that. Yeah. No, I see that. I just... I think we said this, we were saying this at some point. Fitz and Bianca just need to talk to each other more. They need to share these ideas and actually come up with something cohesive. Because right now, it seems like they both just have ideas and they don't... Fitz doesn't know what he's... Wait. Anything. Bianca <laughs> has... <laughs> Bianca has good ideas, but she doesn't... She hasn't yet formed them into this is what needs to be done. And I feel like if they just talked about it, maybe with Della involved, because Della's amazing, if they just talked about it, it would be really, really great. When was the last time Fitz and Bianca talked to each other? Oh my god, never. I mean, like, outside the context of, like, the whole group being together. Like, I can't think of a single scene where they just did that. And maybe that's because it's, like, from a Sophie POV. It's from so, Sophie's like, perspective. They talk to each other while they're at their house or something. Yeah, but... I, would, I would, like... Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they can show much just Fitz and Bianca because it is Sophie's POV. But... Has there ever been a scene with Sophie, Fitz, and Bianca? No, I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Oh, I actually... I think they do do this a little bit in Legacy, maybe, where Fitz will come up to Sophie and be like, yeah, I was talking to Bianca about whatever, and this is what she said, because she's much smarter than me and better in every way. <laughs> oh, wait, I do remember. They had a conversation in the the bonus um, the bonus chapter of whatever book. It was the, it was the Fitz POV. Right, where Bianca was... <sighs> Where Bianca was talking about how, Bianca like, she straight. had a crush. Oh, my God. No, it's okay. She's and still I'm, not straight. But it, it's sad that that's probably the only thing I remember from that conversation. Um, but, yeah, so they did speak to each other, I suppose. So they're going into Alvar's mind. We kind of, we went past this because we were talking about the shadow vapor and stuff. But um, this is the first time when they're going into Alvar's mind that fits gives Sophie energy from his emotional center rather than just a mental boost. Oh, yes, the little Sophie's gremlin that still lives in my brain was like, ooh, serotonin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was cute. I think it was very cute. I am. Like, is that not just empathy? <laughs> but okay, it's okay. Okay, so... <laughs> I... I no, because it's it's different than empathy because he was using telepathy to send feelings into her brain. Whereas empathy is just sending feelings into your brain. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're brain I, feelings. I think it's like the same result, but two different ways of doing it. Okay, that's fine. Or maybe that's... Fitz is an empath too now. I don't know. Oh, that would be... No. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so then, yeah, so then they talk about Sephardine and how it's that the eucalyptus enzyme... It's not actually the eucalyptus enzyme. Eucalyptus? Just, I don't know what it's called. It starts with, like, a B. Biological Bucalosia? enzyme. Bucalosia? <laughs> yeah, that one. It doesn't start th- with a B. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. 
Wait, I just realized we could figure out all these pronunciations by just listening to the audiobook. No, the audiobook, no. I disagree, what's, though. What's wrong with the audiobook? Well, I don't know. I just know that the Stormlight audiobook pronounces Adeline Adeline. And you've decided that's wrong. No, I know that's wrong because they have a, like, linguistics thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, so Poridine. So it's made of this enzyme, and to be honest, I kind of skimmed this part because I, I didn't understand anything that they were saying. But it's an enzyme. I think that's pretty much all you need to know, yeah. Yeah. And so Lady Cadence is like, oh, Olvar's going to be unconscious for months. <laughs> as as you do. I they feel put like people in comas so much in this I book was series. about to say that. I feel like yeah. a lot of characters just end up in ridiculously long comas. You know, sometimes you just you just gotta. They lose so much sleep that it's, <laughs> it's like it's making up for it. Necessary. <laughs> There's right. So yeah, so Ulfur's gonna be unconscious for a while because supporting is a super strong I was I'm gonna be <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I'm thinking sediment, but I know that's not what it's called. Sedative. It's a sedative. sedative. <laughs> it's a rock, guys. <laughs> um, okay. Uh and then that's the end. And then that's the end, yes. Of of the section we read at least. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, was there anything else you wanted to bring up? I was wondering, um, about the biological warfare stuff. Are they still doing that? What biological warfare stuff? Yeah, because I feel like they had all this stuff in Never Seen. I mean... Well, that was the ogres. That wasn't the Never Seen. Like, the plague? Well, yeah. But no, no, but they... They talk a lot about enzymes in, like, books four through six. And yeah. I was wondering if that continues, because I think it's cool. But... I, yeah. I yeah, don't I think actually enzymes... recall anything important about it in the recent books. No, enzymes are always a thing. I I remember them being brought up in later books. I don't okay. but yeah, I agree. Like I think they were the most important in books 4 and 6, but they are like they're just a weapon that can be used at any point, I think. All right, all right. That makes sense. Oh, I also noticed a little bit before when they were at Coralmere, Fitz and Sophie. Oh yeah, this is this is when Fitz does the emotional thing and Sophie says something along the lines of I'm going to need you to do that every day or something like that. And then Tam makes a very tame middle grade innuendo. Um Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like he was like don't like keep here you say that or something like that. Ivy, this is a safer work podcast. <laughs> no, I was it's the uh, uh, <laughs> anyway what i was gonna say was that i was a little bit surprised but in a good way because it's not actually i mean it's still very well within the realm of the books but it did feel like oh yeah they are teenagers now they're like 15 at this point and they are more mature and they're more aware of the world than they were in like books one and two and stuff yeah yeah that's true uh that's that's all i had <laughs> yeah on like a more general note i do think that um the series now that we're six books in 
wow, that is a lot of books. That's a lot um, of books. <laughs> but the the series has done a really good job of aging the characters, like, gradually. It feels very natural and organic, like, the way, like, like you said, the way that they talk has just become more mature, and then the content as well just gets, um, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, you get what I was saying. But yeah, I, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, and I totally agree. Yay. Yay, agreement. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. anything else? Uh, no. Okay, so I guess we're, I suppose we are done. So, um, you can find us at KeeperCast on Instagram and the KeeperCast on Tumblr, and you can find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram. And you can find me at Aelin-Ashriver-Galathinius on Tumblr. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week. Thank you.